0: So now that we understand what living books are and how to choose one to use for science, it's time we chat about what it looks like to use living books to teach science with our students. In the second part of the Inspiring Your Students to Love Science Through Living Books session, we are going to chat about what it looks like to use living books for science during the elementary years. Hi, I'm Paige Hudson, and you're listening to the Tips for Homeschool Science Show, where we're breaking down the lofty concepts of science into building blocks you can use in your homeschool. We will be breaking up this session into three easily digested chunks, just like we did for the three key session. And we're going to share each one of those chunks over the rest of this month. At the end of February, we'll release the full video of the session in addition to the individual episode posts we will have a home for all the sessions materials at elementalscience.com slash blogs with an s slash news also with an s slash living dash books with an s that's elementalscience.com slash blogs slash news slash living books well With that housekeeping out of the way, let's join the Inspiring Your Students to Love Science Through Living Books session. So before we start chatting about what it looks like to use living books uh, for the week, let's review the three keys to teaching science. We believe that there's three things that you need each week when you're teaching science. So you're performing hands-on scientific tests. These can be things like scientific demonstrations, experiments, nature study, any kind of hands-on science activity. And then you're gathering information and you can get that information from encyclopedias, from online resources, from textbooks, and from living books. And then you're keeping a record. So you're doing some kind of written work, whether that's uh, notebooking or uh, comprehension worksheets we really prefer notebooking because it really engages uh, both sides of the brain and the students are more likely to remember so i love notebooking for that so when we're using living books to teach science uh, we still need to have those three keys so we'll keep those in the background as we talk about what our week with science will look like so with younger students we're introducing the material to them and we're filling their knowledge banks And we can do this by reading our living book, by discussing what we read and doing some sort of writing and then doing some kind of hands-on activity. So what we're doing here with our younger students is we're creating memory pegs, creating little pieces of information, uh, filling their bucket uh, full of information through the elementary years. So let's take a closer look at our elementary students. I like to say that these guys are empty buckets waiting to be filled with knowledge. So they are like little sponges that will absorb facts and knowledge, which makes living books a good option for this because, you know, living books, like we said, sneak science into the storyline and our little sponges, our little elementary sponges will soak all that information up. So your goals with elementary science are very simple. During these two years, you've got just two simple goals for your elementary students when you're teaching them science. And the first one of these goals is to create interest. So we want our students to get interested about science. <clears throat> this is why I say you should teach science early and often because when we create that interest early on, students go into the older years thinking that science is fun and interesting. Instead of science is scary and I've got to learn all this stuff. So we create this knowledge base for them through the preschool and elementary years and through the middle school years. And then when they get to those high school years, when they're learning the more difficult concepts of science and the math that's involved, it's not as scary because they've already learned these basic concepts, they've got that knowledge base. So we're creating an interest in in the subject and then our second goal is to fill them with facts. So we're building that knowledge base through the elementary years and the middle school years and of course on to the high school years. So as I said before, our elementary students are thirsty knowledge sponges. So they're always asking questions. What is this? What is that? What, why is this happening? These students are peppering you with questions all the time. For science, our goals are to create an interest and fill them with facts. Easy, simple goals to achieve through the elementary years with science. And we're gonna do this through the three keys, okay? First, we have our hands-on scientific activities. And we can do that through demonstrations. Scientific demonstrations are often called experiments, but scientific demonstrations are really parent-led and the student observes. So you're doing some kind of science activity but you are the one leading them and your students are observing them. The other thing you can use for hands on science is nature study and living books and nature study go hand in hand. For instance, if you're using the Burgess bird book, uh, you can, you know, read a, a chapter in the bird book and then go out into nature to observe and find that bird. So nature study is a great way of finding science in nature. That's your main goal for nature study, and it's a great thing to partner with living books. The second thing you're going to need is to gather information. And when you're using living books to inspire your students to love science, living books are a main source of information. So they're going to be your spine. And then the third thing we're going to need is keeping a record. So when we're using living books, I love to use notebooking because notebooking has that material component, what the student learned, and a visual component, a picture. It makes it more meaningful to the student than just a straight on comprehension worksheet. Now we're going to have some discussion time before we're doing that notebooking um, to make sure that the comprehension is there. But the notebooking is going to be their record of what they've learned. So it's much more meaningful to the student And then it's gonna have that picture there, which means we're gonna engage both sides of the brain. So we're really working on capturing the student's interest. We're giving them three touch points, all of which are exciting. So we've got that exciting hands-on, we've got that interesting living book, and we've got the personalized notebooking, okay? So those are gonna be our three components throughout the week. So what does a sample week look like when we use living books with elementary students to teach science? Let's take a look at day one. Day one, we're gonna read and discuss, okay? So we're going to read the chapter in our, our section in our living book, and then we're gonna ask some questions. So let's say we read a chapter uh, that had to deal with lions. After we finish reading, or maybe in the middle of our reading, we may pause and ask questions, okay? So we're gonna ask leading questions like, what is one difference between male and female lions? Or we're going to ask broad questions when we finish reading. What did you learn about lions? So we're having our students do an oral narration before we're asking them to write anything down. So if your students are new to this process, you're going to want to pause every page or two and ask some questions just to make sure that they're that they're actually understanding and hearing what you're reading. Um, If they're used to narrations, you can wait until you finish this selection to ask the questions. But after we read and discuss, then we're going to do a notebooking page. So we've read about something, we've talked about it, we've given them a chance to formulate their narration in their mind, and then we're going to ask them to write it down. They may dictate this to you if their writing skills aren't quite up to writing that down. They can dictate it to you, you can write it down for them, or they can dictate it to you, you can write it down, then they can copy it. Or if they're up to writing it on their own, they can write it on their own, okay? So that's what your day one will look like, reading and discussing and then writing. And then day two is going to be a rinse and repeat. So day two, we're going to read again, we're going to discuss again, and we're going to write again, okay? This is if you're doing science five days a week, okay? If you're doing science two or three days a week, you may only have one read and discuss and write day. So we're we're reading and discussing for one or two days in the week. And then on the third day, day three, we are going to do some kind of hands-on activity. So we're going to do a scientific demonstration or a nature study that relates to what we've read. So for instance, if we've read that chapter on lions and done our notebook sheet on that, we could do a demonstration on day three that had to do with cat's eyes. If you've ever seen this, you take a toilet paper tube and you put uh, aluminum foil on the on one end and you shine a light on it and it reflects the light back to you just like a cat's eye. That's why at night, uh, cat's eyes look like they glow because they actually reflect the light just like the aluminum foil did. So we'll do some kind of um, hands-on activity, or if we want to do nature study, maybe we're taking our kids to a zoo so they can observe lions and their behavior. Or maybe we're uh, having our kids observe other cats like our house pet. So nature study can look a little different, but we want to tie that in. Whatever hands-on activity we are doing, we want to tie it into what the kids are learning because remember, we're trying to give them little pegs of knowledge. So we're tying our hands-on activity into what we learned on day one and day two. Then we'll do a little bit of writing for our hands-on activity. So we can do a simple lab sheet that just has our tools, our method, our outcome, and our insight. And basically it's just a a quick uh, scrapbook page, so to speak, of what you did for the scientific demonstration Or we can have the kids do a nature journal sheet. And again, this is a scrapbook page. At this level, we want the students to uh, be sharing what they remember or their personal record of what they learned. So it's not necessarily has to be, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, super scientific. We want it to be personal for what they've learned. On the nature journal, you'll include at least a picture of what you studied and the date and maybe a sentence or two of what the student remembers from what they learned in their nature study. Day one and day two, you're reading and discussing. Day three, you're doing some kinds of hands-on activity and making a scrapbook page that has to deal with that. And then day four and five, you're reinforcing with extras. If you want to do science five days a week, you're adding in some extra library books, some uh, projects that coordinate with what you're learning about. You can highlight the vocabulary, add in some memory work that has to deal with what you were studying from the living book. So that's what a week uh, using living books for science looks like for elementary students. You're reading and discussing one or two days a week. You're doing some kind of hands-on science activity one day a week. And then you can add in extras if there's more interest and that way you'll cover those three keys to teaching science using a living book so as their kids get older and moving on into the middle school years we can still use living books to teach science Well, I trust that you now have a picture of how you can use living books with your elementary students to teach science in your homeschool. Next week, we'll listen to the third and final part of this session, where I share about what it looks like to use living books with your middle school students. We've added a few links and several more tips and tools for using living books with elementary students to the page for this session, which you can find at elementalscience.com slash blogs with an S slash podcasts slash this episode's number, which is 39. That's elementalscience.com slash blogs slash podcast slash 39. If you still have questions, you can leave a comment at that post and I'll answer them as soon as possible. If you've enjoyed this peek into our conference vaults, would you take a moment to leave a review for the Tips for Homeschool Science show? These reviews help others know that this show is worth listening to, and I would really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great week playing with science. This peek into our conference vault has been sponsored by Sassafras Science. If you're looking for a living book to supplement your current science program, or for a complete plan for science based on a living book, Sasfras Science has what you're looking for. Follow the Sassafras twins as they zip around the globe to learn about science in a fast-paced, adventure-packed living book. Then add in the activity guide and logbook to create a complete plan for homeschool science. Come on and take a journey to learn science at sasfrascience.com.